Imagine my surprise this morning. My alarm goes off, 6 a.m., normal time. I wake up to check the score of my Pelicans game last night. I told myself a few days ago, I am not watching the Pelicans again until this team starts winning. First game I miss of the season, Pelicans win. Laying in bed, girlfriend still asleep, dog is loudly snoring. Scrolling through my news feed, and I am absolutely flabbergasted by what I am seeing. I come across a handful of stories, all relating to the two biggest issues facing our country today. Guys, we must come together. We must unite to combat the evil forces of mythical racism and mythical misogyny. <laughs> I am sure you have heard by now, Lori Lightfoot is no longer the mayor of Chicago. Now, she did not lose because of the high murder rate, the high property crime rate, defunding the police, overreaching Kobe lockdowns. She did not lose because she alienated a majority of the city. She did not lose because of her woke policies. No, 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 no. The reasons are far more sinister. According to Lori Lightfoot, her woke welfare expired because of her appearance. I lost because I'm a woman. More specifically, I am a black woman in America. Um, you're, you're a woman? I thought woke women looked like Rachel Levine. Now I am supposed to believe Lori Lightfoot is a woke woman? This entire time, I have been thinking she was Beetlejuice, spouse to the ultimate alien Adam Silver. Lori Lightfoot is no longer mayor of Chicago because she was a bad mayor. Now, I was also surprised this morning to see women's college basketball leading the headlines in the mainstream media. Everyone's talking about the excitement of March Madness. Well, mm, let me correct myself. The media refers to the start of conference tournaments in women's college basketball as March Madness. Us normal people... We think of March Madness as the real March Madness, the men's tournament. I'm seeing all these headlines this morning. Women's college basketball tips off March Madness with epic duel. Of course, they are not talking about anything that happened on the basketball court. There is absolutely nothing epic about women's college basketball except when it finally ends. They are referring to a so-called brawl that happened between the ladies of Kentucky and Florida. Somehow, with a 2-14 conference record and a record of 10-18 and 18 overall, the SEC managed to invite Kentucky to the conference tournament. Participation trophies are alive and well in the Southeastern Conference. Maybe next year, one of these teams can forfeit all their regular season games, get plenty of rest during the regular season, and show up to play in March. Surprisingly, the ladies of Kentucky, they found themselves in an unusual position. They were in the lead on the road. This caused extreme bitterness with the ladies of Florida. With a 5-11 conference record, they were accustomed to almost winning basketball games. Now this bitterness, it reached a boiling point in the second quarter. Watch for yourself. Walker almost did the split on the end of that, didn't she? Oh, and now, oh, oh, players oh. are running. Weish went running off to Penny, and now players need to be separated. This catfight of nothingness is the focus of the mainstream media this morning. They are complaining that eight players were ejected in a game of this magnitude. 
Yeah, this game was obviously oh so important. It was so important, the arena was damn near empty. The catfight in Florida, that is not what caught my attention this morning. While the rest of the mainstream media is focusing on a catfight that means absolutely nothing, I found myself focusing on a headline in the Knoxville News Sentinel. Black women's college basketball players navigate criticism of their appearance. Now, when I first saw this headline, and after making it about a quarter of the way through the article, I thought I was actually going to come on here today and defend the women. It started off so promising, these young women being criticized for their eyelashes, fans claiming that they're missing shots because their fake eyelashes are getting in the way. Uh, no, they're missing shots because they're not as good as the men. Now, I don't say that to be negative. I'm just, I'm being serious here for a second. You cannot hold women to the same expectations that you hold the men when it comes to physical capability. Female basketball players are also being criticized for being too feminine, which is completely unreasonable. Seriously, that is unreasonable. For the longest time, I have pitched the idea that the only way for the WNBA to succeed is if the league markets and presents more feminine players. The reason for this should be obvious. Women can relate to other feminine women. Believe it or not, the vast majority of women in this country don't want to be men. They don't want to look like men. The WNBA, the WNBA markets a completely different style of woman. They market women like Bob Griner, who looks more like a member of ZZ Top than the average girl next door. They advertise women like the Sue Bird, who only looks feminine when standing next to the prepubescent boy, her husband Megan Rapino. Megan Rapino is a natural repellent to 90% of the country. Anything Megan Rapino is involved with becomes buried in the woke cemetery. Don't take my word for it. Go ask franchise owners of Subway how well an endorsement from Megan Rapino works out for your business. The WNBA should be marketing women like Skylar Diggins Smith, a real feminine woman, a woman who is relatable, a woman who chose to have kids the old-fashioned way instead of the Pete Booty Gig way. Most women can relate to Skylar Diggins Smith. They can't relate to Bob Griner. Like I said, this article in the Knoxville News Sentinel, it started off so well. I was actually going to come on here and defend women's college basketball. But then it happened. Oh, then it happened. The article took the inevitable woke turn. When basketball players are criticized for playing poorly, us normal people take it for what it really is. I am extremely passionate about my Pelicans. I can be objective with every single topic that we cover here on the channel. There is a reason you don't see me covering the Pelicans and the Saints. I'll be the first one to admit I cannot be objective. Pelicans lose four games in a row in convincing fashion where it looks like they are lacking effort. I am wanting Willie Green to be fired. Last night in Portland, Willie Green devises the perfect game plan. Players execute it to perfection. Willie Green, back on my good side. That's how it works when you're a fan of the team. Fan is short for fanatic. The NBA wants fans like me. They want people who are so devoted to their team they can't be objective about it. Over the last few weeks, Willie Green has taken an absolute beating. He has been roundly criticized by fans in New Orleans. Not one time, not one time 
Has New Orleans media, or Willie Green himself, spun this into a case of mythical racism? According to the Knoxville News Sentinel, the criticism of women's basketball players is deeply rooted in two of the favorite woke myths, mythical misogyny and mythical racism. These accusations from fans that players miss shots because of their fake eyelashes highlight how women are still dealing with racism and misogyny. First of all, what in the fuck does this have to do with race? I see white women walking the streets every day. Fake eyelashes, fake nose, fake hair, fake tits, fake ass. Hell, some of them have so much plastic in their face, they're at risk of melting in the summer. This has nothing to do with race and everything to do with fans overreacting when they feel their team is underperforming. But KC, this is definitely misogyny. They are criticizing these poor defenseless women based on their appearance. I mean, I can understand how you'd come to that conclusion. Like I said, initially, I was thinking the same thing. If there is one thing the woke media does well, it's play at your emotions. But you have got to look at this logically. Zion Williamson has been plagued by injuries his entire NBA career. To this day, you have talking heads like Shannon Sharp. Hey, it's me, Shay Shay. Skippy is my baby. Guys like Shay, other so-called NBA experts, criticizing Zion Williamson for his weight. This kid's too fat to play in the NBA. His fat ass can't endure an 82-game regular season. Not one time have I seen anyone in the mainstream media claim mythical racism is behind the criticism of Zion Williamson. I haven't even seen the media throw out accusations of fatism or whatever the hell you call it. Well, KC, I think it's called ableism. Yeah, yeah. I guess being fat or overweight now is considered a disability in the community of shit fucks. Muggsy Bogues, another example. Muggsy Bogues. He was criticized his entire career for being too short. Was that criticism rooted in mythical racism? No, it was the fucking truth. I don't remember seeing accusations in the 90s of Muggsy Bogues being a victim of shortism. The Knoxville News Sentinel, they interviewed several women's basketball players from the University of Tennessee. They talked about the majority of college and WNBA players being black and having the right to express themselves through their appearance. One of these young women said, fans had to adjust to black women being able to express themselves. Fans just have to live with it. They have to accept us because we are here to stay. Another young woman said, It's just not fair to us. Fans are criticizing us. They're trying to downgrade us when they should be supporting us. Let me tell you the real problem here. This generation is soft. If you don't want to be criticized when you have a bad game, find a different line of work. Fans don't have to adjust. Fans are always going to be critical. Whether their criticism are right or wrong, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Fans are entitled to their opinion. The problem is, you don't want the criticism. You think you should be shielded from the criticism. And this problem's not secluded to women's college basketball or the WNBA. This is a problem in the NBA as well. The problem starts, I think, in the public school system. The system shields these kids from adversity. They shield them from criticism and tough love. Every single week, 
I see articles in the mainstream media of fans heckling players in a high school gym, and they try to spin the heckling into mythical racism. You are not doing these kids any favors. Once they enter into the real world, they are clueless when it comes to dealing with criticism and adversity. They don't know how to handle it. These young women in Tennessee, they would rather lecture their fan base than improve their jump shot. You want to avoid criticism? Be a better basketball player. Give them a reason to praise you instead of criticize you. But they don't want to hear that. The women in the WNBA, they don't want to accept accountability for empty arenas and dismal television ratings. They would rather blame mythical racism, mythical misogyny. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep on. Keep promoting players like Bob Griner. Keep promoting women who look like Brock Lesnar. And when it ultimately fails, keep blaming misogyny. Let me know how that works out for you. But give me your thoughts. The Lady Vols lash out at their fan base for criticizing them based on their appearance. They claim it's mythical racism, mythical misogyny. But when men, male athletes, get criticized based on their appearance, that's okay. Sound off in the comments below. Make sure to like and subscribe. Click the notification bell to receive all notifications from the channel. Best way to contact me is by email at btlkc84 at gmail.com. KC underscore BTL84 on Twitter. I'll see you guys later.